Welcome to Prima's 2019 podcast series. My name is Shonda Ragland. I am the Director of Education at Prima. On this Prima podcast, Velva Hill will discuss self-funding. Velva is the Vice President of Business Development at Cheryl Morgan. We will also be joined by Taekwon Gilbert, Prima's Education Coordinator. Taekwon will moderate the discussion. Enjoy the podcast. Belva, thank you for joining us today. How does self-funding health insurance differ from fully insured? Yeah, the interesting thing about being self-funded is the fact that if your organization is the right size, you have the ability to have control over your plan. With fully insured products, it's kind of what I consider a cookie cutter. You're only offered specific types of plans, and you really have no control over what happens. Plus the fact, if you have a good year, your company gets to keep the money. Whereas with fully insured, you really don't know what you paid in premiums versus what claims costs were. So it's just overall a situation where you as a company have control over the plan for your employees and you can actually establish your plan to meet the needs of your employees. How many health insurance eligible employees do you employ? You know, the question I think is if you have 100 employees or more, you're a real good candidate for self-funding. We have groups that have maybe only 80 employees. So that's a question that you just kind of look at as an employer. How many employees do I have? How many folks do we have that actually takes our insurance? And as you look at that, the key in it is how often do our employees utilize their plan? Do I have employees coming to me saying, I really wish we covered this or I really wish we had access to that? So that's just kind of everything you look at is your number of employees, how is your plan being utilized? All of that are are just targets that you look at when you think, wow, should I really seriously look at being becoming self-funded versus just having a fully insured plan? What type of premium increases has your business seen over the past four years? See, that's an awesome question because if you're consistently seeing 20% or better increases in your plan, which the truth is from a fully insured perspective, I'm seeing more and more employers who are getting renewals at, you know, a 29% increase or a 25% increase or 22% increase. And what happens with that is you end up having, you know, in a five-year time frame, you've doubled your premium and you're not 100% sure why. So that's one of the things that we also look at from a business perspective. What are your premiums doing? How many times have you seen increases and what have those increases been? And then how is that increase being explained? Are you being told that it's just because your claims are increasing that much? Is it because as a community, the increases are occurring? Again, when you're self-funded, you just have better control, more information. You understand what's going on with your plan. So looking at from a business perspective of, how often you've seen those increases and how much they are can really kind of also help you decide is fully insured health insurance the right product for us or do we really need to think about looking at other alternatives? Do you have any cost reporting available to determine medical claims costs versus pharmacy costs? There again, a lot of times when you're fully insured, you do not have access to your claims information. So I'm paying premiums but I'm not 100% sure why. And I don't know what we're spending on sometimes medical claims versus pharmacy claims. What's really driving my plan? 
And by not having that reporting, I really may not know what's going on with my employees. So they may be having something going on, you know, maybe for your uh, company, your employees have, you have a lot of diabetes. And so your employees would really benefit from a diabetic program. Maybe heart disease is an issue for your group. And, you know, I'm located in Northeast Tennessee. In our area, both heart disease and diabetes are pretty prevalent. But if it's fully insured, you may not understand that and know what to do, what programs to put in place to really be of assistance to your employees, to their families. You know, and at the end of the day, you as an employer benefit if you have healthy employees. But I've often said one of the goals with having employees in your company is you want them to be healthy and successful, and you want to send them into retirement to be able to enjoy that. If they've worked hard for you and, and, you know, they've worked hard for their family, they need the ability to have that healthy retirement. And a lot of times you just don't know what to offer or what is most beneficial for your employees if you don't have access to the reporting to let you know what's going on. And sometimes that's problematic in a fully insured situation. Not always, but I'm finding more and more clients who are saying that's one of the areas that we struggle is really understanding what's going on with with our employees and and how do we address what they need. Do you have any input in your plan design? There again, that's, you know, that's that's a key component in that. We're back to the cookie cutter statement, right? You get to offer option one or option two, and option one may be a $2,500 deductible or a $5,000 deductible or, you know, or you may only be able to offer a high deductible plan, which means your employees pay for services 100% day one. You know, if your plan takes effect January 1, all employees are going, to, are going to pay for every service they have outside of anything that's required under ACA to be covered by the plan 100%. And so they're hesitant possibly to go to the hospital or go to a physician if they really need help because they have to pay so much up front. And again, you just don't have a whole lot of control over that. You can't change your plan design to better suit your employees' needs. So with a fully insured product, you absolutely have the ability to say, this is what we want to put into place for our employees. We're going to set our premiums based on that plan design, but we're going to offer options and we're going to be able to seek those solutions to help our employees get medical attention when necessary and not make them feel like they just can't afford it. So plan design to me is just, it's a huge component and seeing whether or not self-funding is a good option for your company. Thanks for tuning in to this Prima podcast. Here are some words from Prima's marketing manager, Till Griffey, regarding Prima's Cybrary. Wish you had access to a database of risk management documents? Don't reinvent the wheel. Instead, as a Prima member, you have access to our Cybrary a digital library with an extensive selection of sample documents that every risk manager needs, including RFPs, job descriptions, checklists, work plans, insurance information, and even more. Use Prima's member-only Cybrary as a starting point for all your risk management-related projects. Visit Cybrary, that's C-Y-B-R-A-R-Y dot PrimaCentral.org. 
That's cybrary.primacentral.org. And if you aren't a member, what are you waiting for? Become a member today and receive access to this amazing resource. Thanks, Till. To learn more about Prima Cybrary, visit cybrary.primacentral.org. Now back to the podcast. What are your current co-pays, deductible, and co-insurance in your plan? Yeah, that's one of the things that we're working very hard to have the ability to create plans that are that are true co-pay plans to where you would pay a co-pay for every aspect of what you do or what medical services they seek. They have the ability to only pay a co-pay. Co-insurance and deductibles would no longer apply. Out-of-pocket does because that's that's an ACA requirement. But we've got the ability to put plans in place that allow you to have direct contracts with hospitals. So again, it's having options for employees, being able to structure a plan that makes sense, and then seeing what would be available out there under self-funded versus what you currently have in place on a fully insured, which you're going to be guaranteed to have deductibles and co-insurance because that, you know, that's just what the market drives. So looking at what your current co-pays, your deductibles, your co-insurance is in your plan, seeing what the out-of-pocket maximum is and if that's based on the ACA amounts, which is fine, but understanding what that total cost for your employees could be versus what you could potentially put in place, which would allow your employees to seek medical attention if necessary and just keep them and their families as healthy as possible. How large is the network available to your employees? Do your employees have access to adequate physicians and medical facilities? For a lot of fully insured products, you're going to purchase a network. And some carriers do provide multiple options for those networks. If it's a more limited network, you're going to be able to have a lesser premium. But the truth is, does it still provide adequate physician access for your employees? So that's one of the things that you really need to look at when you look at your plan overall is what's available to our employees and do they really have access to primary care physicians, which are becoming harder and harder, unfortunately, to find? Do you have good specialty hospitals in this? Do you have good coverage for your children? Are there pediatricians available, internal medicine? All of the things that an employer are things to look at when you're looking at your fully insured program to say, what do my employees have access to? And to make sure that it is adequate so that everyone can be seen if needed, and that if there are specific circumstances where they need specialists, are they going to have access to them without having lengthy travel? So that's just one of the things that we say is something to definitely look at and understand from a self-funded perspective, you might be able to have access to more than one particular network because it's not necessarily tied to a specific carrier. So it's just something to really consider as you're looking at what type of insurance products you're providing for your employees. If issues do occur, is your carrier quick to respond to employees with corrections? Yeah, that's probably one of the one of the first issues we're asked by employers is to say, you know what, if my employees have struggle with a question, they come to me as as the person that's in, you know, HR or risk management or from a benefit coordinator standpoint, and they're saying they're not listening to me fix it. And when you're fully insured, you don't have a lot of control over that fix. 
So that's one of the questions you have to ask is, if I'm fully insured, how responsive is my carrier? If I have an employee who has a question with billing, who's struggling because they're not being preauthorized, there's not an authorization for something, all of these things are things that you need to ask the carrier and require a certain amount of time that there's a response that has to happen. I know from the ACA perspective, there are appeals processes in place and there are time limits that are in this. But the truth is it can be lengthy, especially if you have someone who's really sick or if you're dealing with, you know, a child that needs specific help. It's very frustrating from both the employee and the employer perspective to say, you know, I'm not getting a response quickly. Now, for some carriers, they are extremely responsive. But the key in that, I think, is just making sure as an employer you're asking the questions and you're making sure that you're getting responses from them, responses from your carrier that you feel is adequate, and then also looking at it again from the standpoint if you're self-funded, do you have an administrator? It's also very quick because if it's if from a self-funded perspective, you as an employer, you just have so much more control that you really can call them and say, I want you to handle this today. And if some, I guess there's a little less red tape to a certain extent because as again, again, as the employer, you just have more control over what can happen for your employees. And I think at the end of the day, if you really are a large enough employer and you plan well for putting this, your program in place, it can be very beneficial. It can be very helpful because you do have the ability to, to tell your employees, this is what I'm doing. This is how we're responding. We're going to make sure that you get an answer as quickly as possible. You even have the ability, if you have a direct contract with hospitals or physicians, you as the employer have the ability not to ask questions about the illness, but to make sure that you have direct contract with that facility and those physicians to say, guys, this is my issue, what are you doing? So I just think self-funding can be extremely, it can provide a power for you as an employer It can empower your employees to understand their plan better and to know that if they really do have an issue, they're going to get a response quickly. We have reached the end of our podcast. Thanks to our speaker and all of our listeners. Please visit the Prima website to hear other Prima podcasts, join upcoming Prima webinars, read Prima blogs, and learn about other Prima educational resources. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and our very own Prima Talk. Have an amazing day.